Hey everyone, thanks for uh, giving the show another listen. Um, today it's January 4th, 2016. Um, it's my first show of the new year. Just going to talk about the upcoming Florida at Buffalo game tomorrow. Um, some news with uh, with Nick Deloria getting injured, Tim Schaller getting called up, uh, maybe some Jonathan Druan talk. So tomorrow the Sabres face... The surprisingly first place Florida Panthers, they're on a nine-game winning streak. They're looking really tough. The, the, their young guys are really starting to starting to shape into high-end NHLers, and that's going to be a scary team for a long time, and they, they already are scary. They're getting great goaltending from Luongo. Their defense has looked very good. They're first in the league in, uh, in goals against average. So... <clears throat> For a Sabres team that really struggles to score, it's it's going to be a tough game. Uh, the Sabres are through it, are going through a pretty tough stretch right now. This isn't really the the matchup they need with their their recent string of losses, but they have they have played these teams pretty tough. They you know they they played Detroit tough. The young guys showed up, but I think what what happens when they go against these good teams is you see their lack of depth show through. So on the defensive side of things, you, without Mark Pesic in the lineup, you see the McKay-Bogosian pairing, they get a ton of responsibility thrown on their shoulders, but they really can't handle it. And yes, you have Rasmus Ristolainen, who's a legitimate number one guy right now, but beyond that, everybody's playing at least a position or pairing higher than they should be. So they've really missed Mark Pesic on the back end, and it's shown their lack of depth defensively. I think really, if you want to lap disappointment on players, probably Bogosian deserves the most criticism on the defense. I think I think Mike Weber and Cody Franzen have performed about what you'd expect out of a third pairing. I'd I don't think you expect a whole lot more out of those two. Weber's actually exceeded my expectations recently, and Franson, he is what he is. And I think he's brought what we expected. He's He brings about what he's worth, you know, about what he's being paid. So I, I can't really expect any more out of that third pairing, but it's that second pairing. And with McKay being with Bogosian, Bogosian being the veteran, you want him to be the one that, steps up and can carry that pairing. He just hasn't done it. McCabe, you could argue it would be great if he could have spent another half a year in the AHL or another even year in the AHL really getting all situations minutes, but that's just not, uh, that's not a possibility with the defense, with the defense as it's currently constructed. And then Georges is playing above where he should be. He should be at most on the second pairing, but he's playing with, Ristolainen, the guy who's playing in every situation and getting huge minutes every night. So I think <clears throat> our lack of depth is showing there due to injury. And then up front, there have, there have been injuries throughout the season, but you're seeing the bottom six just can't score. There's no secondary scoring. So if if the O'Reillys, Reinhardts, Eichels, Canes aren't scoring on a given night, nobody's scoring. And that really hurts you. Yes, you need your best guys to be your best players, but they're not going to put up points every single night. And in the win consistently in this league, you need a bottom six that can produce. 
And yes, maybe they have some pieces that eventually will be bottom six contributors, but there's just too much dead weight. And you look at it, you look at someone like Matt Molson and how he's just not, not contributing. Um, you look at, you get really both the third and fourth lines. Johan Larson, how many chances he got in the Detroit game, and yet couldn't pot one, and he still only has one goal on the season. I li- I've liked the way that he plays, but. When you have t- guys like that in the lineup, you also need guys that can chip in some goals on at, on, on the ver- at the very least on the third line. The fourth line can be a strictly energy line, but I still think I still think you need you need some scoring from your fourth line. The way the league is currently constructed, you don't have fourth lines that are just going to play th- four minutes a night. You don't have enforcers anymore. You need you need a solid four lines, especially when your top two lines are relying so much on young players like Reinhardt and Eichel, who are inevitably going to go through some some valleys and peaks. It's going to be inconsistent. These aren't guys. These aren't 24. Aren't, these aren't all 24, 25 year old players that are in their peak. So I think the lack of depth right now is what's really hurting them against these good teams. Their big dogs can play against the other team's big dogs. That's not where they lose matchups, typically. You know, Ristolainen's he's he's held his own as a number one defenseman. I, I couldn't expect any more out of him. The the O'Reilly line has done great in its in its role as the number one line, and Eichel has really stepped up recently. So I think that the the core pieces look great, which is really the most important thing. You want the core pieces to look good. The secondary pieces will fill themselves in later. That's where where Tim Murray really is going to be able to show his his um, his ability as a general manager. Can he can he fill in a roster? Getting the core pieces is the most important part, I would say, but almost as important is getting the team over the hump. So not just finding the right coach, but also complementing those core pieces with with the right guys around them. And there's still a lot of work to do. It looks like now with where they are in the standings and yeah, their schedule will get easier. I don't think they're going to finish where they are right now. second last in the league, but a top five picks looking like a huge, looking like a fairly likely possibility. And with the lottery rules, the way they are, they will have a chance at a top three pick. And that's a good position to be in. They should be able to add another core piece, another high-end core piece, whether it's a winger or defenseman, or if they luck out and someone will get the number one pick, Austin Matthews. And you've got to really like the position that they'll be in with that other piece going into next year. Another guy that's going to be on his entry-level contract and another guy that's going to fit perfectly in that window. I talked about it in my last uh, my last podcast 2017-2018 window where I really think they could make a run. Whether it's a run at a championship or whether it's, you know, making a run at the division title, maybe going a couple rounds deep in the playoffs. Either way, I think that year with the way the salaries are constructed, there's going to be a lot of space to to put expensive veteran role players around the core guys because you're still going to have Eichel on his entry-level deal. You're still going to have Reinhardt on his entry-level deal. You you may have Ristolainen on a, on a bridge deal. I think they're going to try to lock him up for six or seven years. But 
it's still really unknown at this point. With how he's produced, I think you've got to you've got to try to pay him and lock him up at a lower cap hit for a longer period of time. But the bridge deal is always a possibility too if he wants to wait and get an even bigger payday a couple years down the line. And you've also still got Kane under contract that year, uh, a 5.25 million dollar cap hit, and the O'Reilly contract is going to go another seven years, so you can count on on that being in place. But I think that 2017-2018 season will be will be big. Not that they're not going to have years after that. The window's going to be much bigger than that, but I think that's going to be the first real year of this window. And having another player that they can bring in with, with the high-end talent that's available in this draft, if they have a top-five pick and bring in one of those top-five guys, you've got another guy that's going to be on his entry-level deal that year. And just another cheap piece that hopefully can play an important role, whether it's a top-six winger or top-four defenseman. So that's the silver lining to them losing these games. And they're not getting blown out. They're they're in all these games. I think with tweaks in the offseason, they'll be in a position to win these games. And, you know, whether it's Robin Leonard coming back and being a legitimate number-one goalie, I think Chad Johnson's done admirably, but... If Leonard can be an actual legit number one guy and doesn't give up the same softies periodically like Chad Johnson does, and if they can bring in an upgrade on the fourth line, upgrade it to on the fourth line, maybe another third line veteran guy. I don't know exactly who those pieces are, but with some tweaks, this team would be winning these games that they're currently losing. Also, you know, a huge tweak, but I would call this more than a tweak, would be bringing in another top four defenseman, whether it's through the draft, free agency, or trade. So it's been it's been as promising as losses can be, I guess. You can't you can't really expect them to, to beat all of these teams, but you also but you also don't want to see them getting blown out in these games. You want to see them being able to hang with the good teams, and that's largely what they've done. There have been very few, few blowouts. They're pretty good at preventing teams from scoring at will, and they actually carry play a lot against these good teams and just give up these really untimely goals. So as far as losing streaks go, it's about as promising as it could be, I guess. And... I'm not being overly optimistic, and I don't think that they're going to go on some huge winning streak once they start playing weaker teams, but I do think that they're better than their record recently indicates. But because they are in, they're in a pretty tough division where they're going to be playing, you know, you've got you've got Florida and <clears throat> you've got Detroit. Those are both pretty tough teams. You've got teams like Ottawa and Montreal, which... They're tough. You got four pretty, you know, pretty formidable, likely playoff teams. And then you've got Tampa Bay, who's, you know, they're very talented. Whether they can get over all this drama and actually make it into the playoffs is, is one thing. But they're still a team you don't want to play on a given night. So with the division looking tough, and you know the whole league being so even. I, I don't see them improving themselves in the standings too much. I don't see them going on some huge winning streak, but they, they're they likable. They they seem to play hard every night. They're, they'll come back from 
deficits, which is something that hasn't felt like Buffalo teams have been able to do in a long time to to not give up and get down themselves and to really feel like they can they can come back when they're down a goal or two in the third period. That's been really promising. So the wins will come eventually. And it's definitely not all, you know, it's not all roses and butterflies, but there is a lot of promise there. And with the core playing as well as it is, I, I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen the rest of the year and what's going to happen going into next year. Another thing I wanted to talk about, I know I've, I've seen a lot of Sabres fans talking about this online and, and in person as well, but Jonathan Drewen, his name coming available in trade, and is there a possibility the Sabres could make a run at him? I think Murray will call. I don't know if the Sabres really have the right pieces that they could offer Tampa to get them to bite. One thing they can do is they can offer to take Matt Carl's contract back, and that has he's a $5.5 million cap hit for the next two years after this season. So he'd be expiring at the end of the 2017-2018 season. And I don't know if that's something a lot of teams would be willing to do because so many of them are up against the cap. I think to add a potential core piece like Druin, it would be worth it to take back a bad contract like that. At the same time, it kind of throws off the 2017-2018 window that I was talking about before where they're going to have all this cap space because they're still going to have Matt Molson, who looks like he's not going to be playing up to his his salary at that point at $5 million, a $5 million cap hit. And you'd have Carl, who sometimes doesn't even look like an NHL defenseman, at $5.5 million in, uh, in uh, cap hit. So you have $10.5 million tied up in two guys that aren't really producing at a high level. I I think it's worth it, though. I think if you can get Drew in, take back Carl's contract, they don't have to retain any money, and you can do it without giving up any of the main core pieces. So you don't have to give up Eichel, Reinhardt, O'Reilly, uh, Ristolainen, or the first-round pick this year. And I think that the Sabres may have pieces that they can that they can pull that off. I'd be on the fence about giving up Pesic or Gergensen's. Those would probably be the two most likely pieces that would be asked about. But if you can somehow get him, if, if taking back Carl's contract is that attractive for the Lightning, which I think it may very well be with all the guys that they have to lock up, and they're probably still going to make a significant offer to Stamkos, and they're going to try to keep him if they can. I don't I, I would lean toward toward him leaving right now. But if that's attractive enough to them and you can trade some combination of Ennis, Felino, uh, maybe some of the prospects in the pool like uh, Justin Bailey's, um, Nick Baptiste, those types of guys, um, and they have 11 picks coming up in, in this upcoming draft, maybe a pick or two, not that first-round pick. I would at least make the call, and I don't know. I don't know how much Tampa value is getting out of that Carl contract, and how many other teams would be willing to do that. But I think it's worth the risk. It fits the Murray mo. Him bring in a core piece for pieces that aren't part of the core. And you can argue, maybe some people see Ennis as being part of the core. I don't. I think Duran could be, and he has such talent. If you can 
bring him in. I think he's a perfect winger to be able to put next to Eichel long term. And I think he instantly would become part of part of that young core that I talked about. So the the O'Reilly, Reinhardt, Eichel, Ristolainen, and Druen core, along with the the upcoming first round pick. So if you can do that without touching the other pieces I talked about, I think it would be very worth it. Would Tampa go for it? I don't know. I don't know what his market looks like. Uh, there are probably other teams that could offer more, but I don't know if there, there would be a lot of teams that would be willing to take back Carl's contract free and clear. And I think Buffalo is in a position to do that. And I think it's worth it to get back a guy with Drew Ren's talent. It remains to be seen, though. I I think Murray will call. I think... I think Eiserman is going to try to trade Duran out of the out of the division at the very least, and likely to the Western Conference if he moves him at all. If I was Eiserman, I would hold on to him. I would see, I would just see what happens. Let him play down in the AHL for a little while. He'll probably come back up later in the season. You can go into next season fresh. He he's still under contract for another year. Um, you're, if if you lose Stamkos, if you have to trade some of these some of these upcoming RFAs that they have, then there's going to be opportunity for Duran to play in a top six role next year. That's what I would do if I was in his position. But if they are really adamant about moving him or worried about his value eroding as the situation plays out more and more, then I'd love to see the Sabres at least be in the conversation. And I think that their money, that's probably their biggest asset right now. It's not like... Buffalo is an amazing free agent destination, yet at least. But Buffalo does have financial resources that not a ton of teams have. And those are the muscles that they have to flex. They have to they have to think like the Leafs or the or the Flyers or these teams that they have used their money to make deals that improve them. That teams like Buffalo in the past, before Pagula came on the scene when they were a very you know budget conscious team that that a team like Buffalo couldn't do, but now Buffalo can. So if you can take back Carl's contract, I know it's a huge thing to take back. It's a lot of money, but if you can do that and potentially add a core piece, I think it's worth it. I do believe that Duran's going to be a great player in this league. I may be wrong. There are plenty of high picks that have busted, but if you look at his productivity in juniors, and also he hasn't gotten a he hasn't gotten a really fair shake yet he's only 20 years old and the same people writing drew ran off are probably the same people that were coming into this year worried about sam reinhardt and his future and you know is he really this elite prospect you know all of them don't come in at 18 years old and light the league on fire and sometimes sometimes things don't work out with the first team sometimes they may be they may need to be moved to another team where they can be put in the right position to succeed. They can be allowed to flourish, be in the right system, get out of a toxic situation. You know, whatever it is, there there are a million different things that can happen. But I think it would be it would be a mistake for Murray to not to, to not at least try. And I think he will. I think he's that type of GM that he's gonna he's gonna always ask. So I would put I would put the chances of it actually happening. At, pretty low because like I said, I think Eiserman is going to trade him out of the conference if possible. I think there are going to be a lot of offers out there for him for, for drew But if you can put together a reasonable package where the Sabres are bringing back Carl's contract, 
it is possible. It's not out of the realm of possibility, and it, it would enable you to acquire a core piece that you otherwise would not be able to acquire with the pieces that you have. And you can do that because of the money, basically because of Pagula's money. And they've done this before, you know, where they took back when they traded, uh, when they basically took back a Leshkota leak, got Robin Regeer and a second round pick, and all they gave up was Paul Byron and Chris Butler. So they basically got Regeer and a second round pick in return for taking on a Leshkota leak's contract. Those types of moves, that was a lot smaller. You know, Kodalik only had one year left in his deal at that point, and it was only, I think, three-something million dollars. It wasn't $5.5 million for two more seasons beyond this one. But at the same time, that's the type of deal that, that the Sabres now can make. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I don't remember seeing multiple prospects requesting trades like... Like we've heard come out in the news the last week, Kirby Reichel, his name also is out there. I wouldn't mind taking a look at him. I have no idea what what the market for him would look like, though. But if you can get him without touching that first-round pick and, you know, maybe a second and, and, a, and a Bailey or Baptiste or something like that. Like I said, I, I don't know anything about his value. I haven't read much into into what his value would look like at this time. I've, I've read more into Drew Ann. So I can't really comment much on that. But having two guys in pretty similar positions where they're on the cusp of reaching the NHL, but they're, they, you know, they, they just can't clear that hurdle for whatever reason or they're dissatisfied at playing time to request trades this early in their careers. It just doesn't happen often. So it's weird. I wonder if it's going to start a trend. I don't think it will because... <clears throat> trades are so hard to pull off now in the cap world and I requesting a trade doesn't really mean anything. I think it ultimately just makes you look bad in most cases. So I think as long as the cap environment stays pretty similar to the way it is now, you're not going to start seeing all these, all these players requesting trades, but you really never know. And there's probably a lot more that, ha- that happens behind closed doors than, than we realize. So the Drew in situation, that's going to be interesting to watch play out. Um, beyond that, going into going into tomorrow's game against the Panthers, I'm just hoping for another good effort. I'm not expecting a win. Luongo always owns the Sabres. And that Florida team is, they're, they're tough. You know, with all those young pieces and how, how well they defend and the goaltending they get from Luongo, they're, they're a tough team to beat. Uh, looks like Chad Johnson is going to get the call on goal tomorrow, which obviously makes sense. Uh, also, you're going to have Tim Sh- Tim Schaller inserted in the lineup, and Nick Delorier is now out three to five weeks. Delorier's looked good the last couple of weeks. I've liked what he's brought to the table. Uh, the physicality, he's really been hitting and skating, and he's brought a spark that this team needs out of its bottom six that other players are just not bringing. So he's gonna he's going to be missed for this three to five week period, and it's not you know it's not an end of the world injury. It's not like it's not like Ryan O'Reilly is gonna be out for three to five weeks, but it is a pretty big downgrade to go from Delorier to Schaller, and this might be one of Schaller's last opportunities up at the big club here to 
to prove his worth because he did not look great the last time he was up. And he just doesn't bring a lot to the table typically. And he's just kind of a kind of a warm body, uh, a warm body to fill in. And as the team gets better and its depth gets basically as as the depth gets better and better, Schaller is going to fall further down that that organizational depth chart unless he shows something this year. And with with some other guys in the AHL that are going to are going to get opportunities, guys like Cal O'Reilly. He needs to show something this stint, so it's it's important for him. He's a guy I want to see succeed. I like I like those undrafted stories, but you need to bring something to the table, even if it's one skill you do very well. You need to bring something to the table to stay in the NHL long term. I don't know if he has that one special skill or if he's always just going to be a good AHL player and a fill-in NHL player. Um, beyond that, not a not a ton of updates. The line should be pretty similar. They were different at practice, but we were told not to read too much into that. So I expect them probably to remain the same, except for um, Schaller being inserted for Delorier. Ennis is going to miss another game. The defensive pairings are going to remain the same. Up front, you're still going to have um, McGinn, O'Reilly, Reinhardt, um, Gergensens, Eichel, Gianta, Kane, Larson, Molson, and then um, Felino, Schaller, and Legwand. So, not too much to update on. They they could go with what they did in practice, but I don't see any real reason to change what they had been doing previously. So I th- I think they're going to stay with those same forward lines. If they if they do end up going with something different. Um, I'll be proven wrong, but as for now, I'd, I'd count on those being the same lines going into tomorrow's game. Um, beyond that, I, I'm just hoping for another good effort and for them to for them to stick close with with Florida, and I'll be happy with another close game like they like they played in in Detroit, where you know maybe goaltending is their downfall, but if we keep seeing the core guys play the way that the way that we've seen that they're capable of and the way that they've played pretty much all year and Eichel continues what he's doing, I'll be, I'll be satisfied. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they add another loss tomorrow, but it's just fun to see the process. And it's nice to know wins aren't extremely important. It's not like last year where you always in the back of your mind watching the games, you kind of wanted them to lose because you knew the prize that was at the at the end of the road. And this year there's still that prize, but basically you can root for them to win. But if they lose, it's not the end of the world. As long as they put together a, a decent effort and they stick with the other team, if they lose, it just means, okay, we're one step closer to getting one of those top five guys, which all look like pretty core pieces. So it's a good position to be in as a fan. I don't get extremely stressed out every night. I obviously want them to win. I'd love to see them somehow contend for a playoff spot. I also, I, but I also know that that's not realistic. So it's it's a good position to be in right now and just to watch the progress as long as the core guys keep playing well. So enjoy the game tomorrow. I'll hopefully have out a podcast either afterwards or maybe um 
maybe on the morning of the 6th. I'm not sure yet, uh, but I'll have another one out as soon as possible. Thank you so much again for listening. Um, I can be reached at or reached via email at markrgeis at gmail.com, and that's spelled M-A-R-K-R-G-E-I-S-E at gmail.com. And please just tell me anything you'd like me to talk about, if you want to be a guest host, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm really open to anything. I'm just trying to build this into something with some listeners and where we can have some quality savers talk that goes a little bit more in depth than you may hear on the radio in the monopolized Buffalo market. So thank you again for listening. I hope to hear from you. Uh, please subscribe and tell your friends. Thank you very much.